Hello, hello, and welcome to the Borealis Experience. I'm your host, Aurora, and I'm very excited to have Louis Brandmeier with me again. Last time, we talked about, yeah, the spiritual awakening and um, um, Louis' journey on how to become an empowered person and inspiring others today. And today we want to talk about yeah, how we can empower people, how we can inspire people to be more, yeah, happier with themselves and, and maybe liberated from addictions and to then enter relationships and have a fulfilled life uh, together with others. Um, Louis opened up to me a little bit and shared that he was addicted to porn for quite some time and he was able to liberate himself from that addiction and to now live a free and passionate life where um, he's not restricted by porn anymore because addictions feel good in the moment but when you look at it on a deeper level it's always yeah keeping you in a specific mindset that doesn't help you open up in real life and be successful in real life. So uh, let's just jump in, Luis, and share with us how it all started. How did you become addicted and how were you able to free yourself? Absolutely. So um, happy to be here, grateful to be here, excited to share. Um, my story starts in approximately eighth grade, this was maybe 15 years ago, when um, I started to find myself desiring connection and contact with women. And this was the early days of dial-up internet, so we didn't have multiple tabs or streaming like RedTube or UPorn or whatever, but we did have uh, pictures, images, lots, lots of images. And before I knew it, uh, surfing the internet late at night, I discovered lots of different images. Actually, going back even further than that, my grandmother was an artist. And in her artist study, she had a book of nudes um, of like the female body. So while it wasn't um, intrinsically pornographic or even addictive at that point, it opened me to that. And then... On the cable box, this is really dating me because this is like early 2000s, um, back when we used cable boxes, uh, there were some channels that we got that we weren't supposed to get. And they'd come in through like psychedelic multicolor and they'd show up for a couple seconds and then it would blip out and then I'd have to switch to the next channel and switch back. And I saw people doing things that, was, that were very interesting to me as an adolescent, I was like, what is this? This is, I'm feeling things in my body. And so I started to get turned on. And before I knew it in my grandfather's bedroom, upstairs in the large house, um, I had discovered porn with massive pornography. And it wasn't, it really wasn't a thing at that point. And the dogma of Catholicism, which I grew up in, had me feel shame and guilt and go to confession every Sunday and you know, share this sin, quote unquote. 
And so sexuality was being suppressed, repressed, rejected, uh, titled as perverted, deviant. And so there was this mix between like a really authentic desire for touch and um, physical expression with the programming of religion and then also the programming of, of culture because porn is also programming. Mm -hmm. Porn is not built for people to be fulfilled. Porn is built for people to have orgasms and consume more pornography and buy more pornography. It is a product. Mm. Um, and nowhere in porn is there an expression. Well, okay, with the rare exception of some feminist and uh, female gaze inflected pornography, nowhere is uh, porn built for the holistic health and well being mm -hmm. of the individual consuming it. I look at it as uh, fast food, which if you eat enough fast food, you will die of heart disease, for yeah. example, <laughs> the great metaphor, um, because people are consuming porn uh, instead of finding a way to fully embody their desire and express their desires in the world. So I didn't have a, a father at the time who could teach or train or lead or guide me in any way in the direction of like a healthy expression in sexuality. And what I had was uh, cult, the same culture that tells women to be as virginal and pure as the Madonna, but as, as uh, open and slutty as a whore, like the, the same culture that makes both things look good and leave, leaves women confused and tells men that you, you need to be studs. You need to be having lots of sex with lots of people and you need to figure it out. You need to be good at it and you need to impress your woman and all, all this shit. So porn was my only sexual expression for three or four years uh, through high school. Uh, I barely went out on dates, barely made out with women. And I was in an all boys Catholic high school. So I, I didn't really uh, receive any sort of sexual education other than abstinence is best. If you do have sex, you're going to hell. If you masturbate or have sex of any kind, you need to confess it as soon as possible so you don't burn forever. And um, I, uh, I was hardcore Catholic, like I was serious about it. I loved the religion and I loved serving it and I, and I was obsessed with perfection. I, I was obsessed with being uh, not sinful, not a sinner. And then I became an atheist. And as an atheist, it was like, oh, wow, uh, all of this stuff that I, I thought was bad, now I can do it. <laughs> Lie, cheat, and steal. <laughs> because, you know, all, all the ethics are made up. <laughs> and I still believe this on some level that all ethics are made up. Uh, it's just that for me, living from love feels better, works better, uh, leaves a better trail and a, and a better uh, impact on the people I inter interact with, helps yeah. me to build my business my life yeah so it just fits and works better and I, and I think innately we humans have empathy and compassion as part of our genes as part of our brains so we can either embrace it or try to deny it and suffer from the consequences so I embrace it I recommend everyone else embrace it as well um, in fact uh, self-compassion and self-love self-soothing through self-pleasure is not wrong and porn use is not wrong. Porn addiction is not wrong. People mm -hmm. who are addicted to porn, meaning using it more than they want, using it instead of creating a sexual partner, using it 
in a way that uh, is negatively impacting their life or their business or their purpose, their career. And I've experienced all forms of those. Um, you know, those people are not wrong. Mm -hmm. Imagine if we grew up in a world where everybody was smoking and smoking was just normal and nobody had ever done any studies on the impact of smoking and people were dying of lung cancer. It was just like, oh, this is a thing that happens. Or um, people were, uh, you know, get, getting X, Y, and Z illnesses. Like it would just be a commonly accepted fact. So uh, Gary Wilson in a TED talk called The Great Porn Experiment talks about this, how there's an epidemic of mostly men who are dealing with ADD, social anxiety, um, uh, inability to focus, all kinds of different symptoms that are being diagnosed as separate problems. When we look at it and we look at hardcore multiple tabs streaming pornography, we can see that um, so much of those symptoms, those, those problems are really could be viewed as symptoms of an undiagnosed condition, which is just the general use of porn. People don't even have to be addicts to be impacted negatively by porn as it exists currently. Mm -hmm. um, our brains, the way that they were designed by evolution, nature, whatever, is, um, you know, if, if a man sees a woman, uh, an attractive woman, he gets a spurt of dopamine. In fact, in the occipital lobe of his brain, the visual cortex, he ranks her as hot or not subconsciously before his conscious brain, before his ethical brain has anything to do or say about it. Mm -hmm. So like, by the way, y'all, if, if you're in a relationship and your man notices another woman, that's because it's programming. It's not his fault. He's not a cheater. He's not wrong. And porn, the way that it works is, whereas in the evolutionary theater 100,000 years ago, we would see a woman once uh, in, a, in a month or something, maybe as men, and we'd be like, oh my God. And we get this huge release of dopamine. Like I've got to pay attention to her. I've got to engage with her because if I don't, I won't find a mate and the species will die. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is our genes pushing us, mm -hmm. right? Our, our evolutionary programming pushing us. But when you put a lot of attractive women naked on a screen, engaged in sexual behavior, there is a dopamine overload. Mm -hmm. So it, it becomes an avalanche for, for the male brain. It becomes overwhelming. It becomes impossible to resist at a certain level. Mm -hmm. Now, I also have a personal belief spiritually that uh, those who are producing pornography, possibly through no fault of their own for being part of a much larger system, are fostering and encouraging people to exist at the level of compulsion, which is a very low energy. It's a mm -hmm. very like, you can feel the difference between feeling playful mm -hmm. and feeling interested and, and curious and joyful versus feeling like you need something. There's a tightness, there's a constriction, there's a contraction. Yeah. And so the idea is that there are literally negative energy beings that latch on to the souls and energy bodies of people who use porn. And this explains so much of my experience with addiction and um, use of porn, because sometimes I would use porn 
And I'd be like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to go concentrate on something else. And I'd feel an uncontrollable need and desire and a distracted attention focused on getting my next hit. Yeah. And I'd promise and I'd pray and I'd push. And then within 30 minutes or 40 minutes, I'd find myself in front of the screen and I'd feel like crap. And the, the reaction, the self-judgment of guilt and shame over not being able to control myself would add to that snowball, that spiral of that already constricted feeling in my body. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it literally felt like my personality was being taken over by something else. And so I understand if somebody wanted to make the argument that demons were involved. Yeah. I, I, I don't actually contend against that. And I literally would walk around heavy in my body for days to weeks after, unless I got energy work done. Hmm. So people are carrying stuff around. People potentially are carrying beings around that are feeding off of their energy and pulling them into behaviors that are disempowering and detrimental to them. That's mm -hmm. one view, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody has to buy the spiritual view. It's just a great explanation for what I've experienced. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Now, I totally understand what you mean. It's like a total vicious cycle that people are caught up in. How can you step out of it? Is it with very like baby steps or do you have to, I, I guess every person is different. You can go cold turkey with one person and not with the other. But how was it for you? How did you get out of it? Is it the awareness that you had that it made you feel good, but it made you feel very bad and captured, like made you feel captured at the same time? How did you move out of this, this negative vicious cycle excellent question so i failed a lot mm -hmm. i failed a lot i would take 90 days off of hardcore porn and outsource the control of my phone and the management of parental um controls on my computer and my phone to dear friends of mine and then i would go for 90 days without orgasm without sex without relationship And yet I would still be looking at softcore porn, which kept those neural pathways alive. And then when I started having sex again, everything would break down and I would get cravings and I would get overcome and I would just return to the same, like a dog to its vomit, as the New Testament says. Mm -hmm. um, and I tried uh, tapping the emotional freedom technique. I tried hypnosis. I spent really good money. I tried uh, mastery systems and landmark and accountability partners and um, I even looked into Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. None of it worked. None of it helped, ultimately, to resolve the problem permanently. Mm -hmm. All of it helped me cope in the moment and gave me a, a good feeling for mm -hmm. a certain period of time. But really, the solution for me, and this only came very recently, is a combination of three things. Purpose, connection, and cleverness with technology <laughs> yeah so i can say that most people who are dulling their edge are numbing out using porn and drinking and drugs and um tv and netflix and all kinds of things because we're here to live a purpose we're here to make a difference we're here to give our gifts we're here to create something in the world 
uh, if we see that something is missing in the world, we're meant to either become it or bring it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's about distinguishing that for yourself, clarifying and aligning with something that makes use of you to where you're a force of nature. You are, you are uh, impacting the world. For me, it, it grew as this little five years ago as well. I think my, my purpose is to give my unique and creative gifts and talents and service to others. I don't know what those are yet, but I'll figure that out. That was right before I started my coaching business. Mm -hmm. And then during my coaching business, I eventually realized, well, one of my gifts is events. One of my gifts is conversations and workshops. I'm just going to keep doing this. But here's the thing. Every month I would get, I would get to a plateau of purposiveness. I would get really excited three or four days before the event. I'd get super focused. I'd, I'd clean up, I'd turn off all the porn and I'd you know, make sure that I'd take lots of cold showers to rebuild my testosterone and my energy and my focus. So I'd be available for my people, my 20 to 50 people I'd fill the events with. And then afterwards, <laughs> I would uh, either have sex with my girlfriend and then the porn would get re-triggered or I would go for a week floating in this plateau of energy of, of enthusiasm and charisma and joy and creativity. And then eventually I would self-sabotage and I would hit up the porn again. And this cycle happened over and over and over again. So that purpose though was my anchor. It was pulling me out. It kept pulling me out over and over. But yet I noticed the impact on my relationships. It uh, made me less connected. It made me feel numb in my body. It made me less able to concentrate, less fluid and fluent and capable and clever with my words and, and uh, creative in expression. It uh, left me less available for uh, tuning into my intuition. It literally left me making less money than I would make when I wasn't choosing both to use porn or to have lots of sex. Mm. So the energy of prosperity, the energy of purpose, the energy of abundance and the energy of sexual connection are all one and the same in the body. They're all related to the body. So we have a supply of energy and we have the ability to use it for what we're here for, or we can squander and throw it and cast it to the four winds through sex and, and random activities that are not aligned with us. Mm -hmm. When we align with the will of heaven, when we align with our purpose, when we surrender into what we're meant to do on this planet, prosperity follows. And, uh, and the uh, fulfillment also follows. Fulfillment comes from us doing our purpose, not from trying to get happy, not from trying to get a relationship, not from trying to get um, sex. Mm -hmm. So all of those things fall into place once we're living our purpose first. Now, strategically, you may be clear on what your purpose is. You may be focused on living your purpose. And I was for years. And yet I would still use porn on occasion. And I would notice the drop in my energy, the numbing in my body, the constriction. Eventually, I came to the point where I no longer judged myself for it. And that's one layer to remove. All the judgment, all the shame, the blame, the guilt, the like, I'm wrong for this. There's something wrong with me. Just let go of all those stories. And that then you can be because at that point, you're like, all right, I've got something more important that I'm moving towards that will keep me on course, that will pull me through whatever zigzags it takes to get this behavior changed. And then uh, 
you know, number two, connection and cleverness with technology, right? So the antidote to all addiction is connection. And for me, living my purpose means connecting with people in service of them or in potential service of them, showing up for delivering podcasts or workshops or uh, public speaking engagements. I did a workshop called Becoming Conscious with uh, Polyamory uh, just a couple days ago and it lit me up and I, and I was massively in service and I, I felt aligned with my purpose. Mm-hmm. I got another one coming up in Austin called Becoming Conscious with Pornography because this is a common topic. A lot of people are dealing with this, right? Mm-hmm. And yet, if you're suffering in silence, your, your mind, your brain, that neighborhood, and there are neural pathways that you built, you become unconsciously competent, as in on autopilot, it's easy for you to float and drift back down to using things and doing things that don't work for you, that are unhealthy for you. If someone, like speaking to someone who's an addict, right? Mm-hmm. But what it takes, you're the sum, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time around. So I started to spend more and more time, once I knew my purpose, around people who are also living their purpose around people who are as committed or more committed than I was to their purpose expressed as prosperity. And those people didn't have these problems. Those people had their attention on other things. So as I started to get in a connection, community and conversation with these people, I started to focus my attention and my my energy on those other things. I started to become more like those people. And, you know, finding people who don't have problems with porn, who are living their purpose, that can only help you. And being in communication, when you slip up and you're in a space of self-judgment and you want somebody like on our previous podcast to just sit with you and listen to you, like letting go or clearing. Mm. And, and I recommend the previous podcast for details on how to do that with your A-team and all of that. Mm-hmm. But really, I kept using porn up until a couple months ago, actually. Mm-hmm. I would use it once every month or something. And I would always feel the difference. And I'd always have to go get an energy clearing and I'd have to rebuild my testosterone using supplements. And I could tell that I wasn't fully present or available for my clients. I could see a drop in my income being a solopreneur. If it, ha- if it is to be, it depends on me. Mm-hmm. I, the, the money's not going to sh- just show up from me sitting on my ass and not taking action. And especially if I'm not taking action from a unlined energetic, receptive, inflow space and state, which porn is really great at completely destroying, dismantling and disfiguring any good state that somebody's feeling. Um, It like, whether through pulling sexual energy out or, um, you know, just leaving somebody in a a whirling spiral of guilt and shame. Mm. So, you know, there were a couple things that I did during this period of intermittent use. And I'm about to give you the last piece. The last piece is the most critical piece and let's put put it over the top. But before I get there, you know, as men uh, speaking to, because most it's mostly men who have porn addictions. I've heard of women as well. Um, Speaking as men, our purpose and our drive and our focus and our ability to engage powerfully with real women in sex and in romance and in relationships depends on us cultivating stuff through orgasms to porn. It's not available for any of those things. And we become diminished. We become less available for, for our life, for the vitality and the vibrancy of our life. 
There's a numbing out to everything that happens for someone who uses porn at all to any extent. And there are lots of men suffering in silence, assuming that it's normal, using and overusing, even to the level of six and seven figure CEOs of large companies who could be massively successful, but still feeling misaligned. Mm-hmm. And we wonder why 50% of marriages end in divorce. Well, men are over and over activating their dopamine reward system that encourages them to seek new partners as biology trained us rather than their oxytocin orgasm reward system through Taoist and Tantra se- sexual practices with their primary or their perfect partner going deeper and deeper in intimacy and connection with that person, right? So porn is definitely contributing to infidelity. It's definitely contributing to relationship dissatisfaction. It's definitely contributing to divorce and the epidemic of, of destroyed relationships and careers. Um, so in that time, how would I build myself back up into purpose? Meditation. I take, uh, maca, ashwagandha and gokshura, which are, uh, Ayurvedic herbs, um, that you can get from, uh, different botanical companies I might recommend. I have videos on creating aphrodisiac smoothies that are also great for replenishing Jing, which is the energy of purpose and the energy of action in men. So like, you don't have to sit in silence and suffer even if you're gonna continue using, right? Even if it's a thing that that you don't feel 100% confident and comfortable with saying, all right, I'm done with it. Because I did that so many times. I gave my word and then I failed and then I felt shitty and then I felt shameful and then it made me use more. Mm. So I don't want that. What steps for every level of the journey? The last piece is obviously uh, cleverness. Um, (laughs) one of my meditation teachers, he said, if you can't be disciplined, be clever. So his, his story about this is he says, well, you know, I really, uh, wanted to, um, go ahead and do a long meditative journey, like six or seven days. It's called a session. It's like samurai boot camp. He calls it, uh, in, uh, Zen Buddhist monasteries over there in, it's either China or Japan, some Southeast Asia or something. And, um, he says, well, the way that I did this was I got myself marooned in Southeast Asia. And the only place I had to live was in the monastery. So I knew that I wasn't disciplined enough to take that, that amount of time on my own and focus and do a meditation retreat. But if it was my only option, then, then that made it easy. Mm -hmm. So you want, want to be firing on all cylinders. You want all hands on deck. You want everything in service of and supporting you to get things done. So uh, in my case, I discovered a couple things. I discovered an app called Habit Share, and this was through my digital habits coach. By the way, I had almost completed the work when I met my digital habits coach. I had gone for long periods without using porn before but not to the point where I felt absolutely grounded, comfortable, clear, and confident that, hey, this is done. This is over. This is not a problem anymore. Like it's not going to happen again. There's no chance. Um, so this app called Habit Share is basically something that you declare what you're going to do, and then you're accountable to a partner. And every day you click the, the little uh, uh, check mark if you did the thing, or the X if you didn't, mm. or if you're like, and some days you, you choose to do other things or whatever, you can leave it blank and then your partner will notice. So 
you're holding yourself accountable to doing or not doing the new behavior. Number one. Number two, there's an app called Freedom EO. What Freedom does is it manages when and if you have access to certain websites, to certain um, activities, and you can basically create what's called a session uh, that uh, regulates on your computer, blocking all porn sites. And then you start it and you set it to repeat every day to start at uh, 12.01. Because originally it was a productivity app. Originally it was like, I don't want to be distracted by certain websites for a certain mm -hmm. amount of time. Then you schedule that time and it starts and then it stops. And you're like, all right, I can go back to my aimless, mindless, purposeless scrolling on Facebook and Instagram, which cancel clear. I don't do that anymore. I used to, and I know what that's like. Um, but the way to use the app, freedom.to, is, is to just schedule it to where it starts the session blocking those sites at 12.01 a.m. and at 11.59 p.m. So it's all day. Mm -hmm. Unless for some reason you are uh, really on a self-sabotage tear and you really don't know your purpose and you really aren't surrounded by a community of people who can help you. And you're like, oh, I can't wait till 12 o'clock. In those 60 seconds, I'm gonna fuck this up and change things so that I can get, get around this system I created. Like, I mean, cancel clear, don't do that, obviously. That would be silly. Um, oh, and, and then there were a couple self-orientations that I took on that yeah. helped me to really recover uh, and, and to manage whenever I had the urge or the desire. So freedom.to works really well. Um, uh, habit share has worked really well, but there were a couple points of orientation. So like whenever I was feeling uh, bored, lonely, anxious, stressed, or tired, blast is it bored, lonely, anxious, stressed, or tired. I would take note and I would take notice and I would immediately say, oh, wait, I'm in a low willpower state. I, I am distractible. I may do something that I'm not looking forward to doing. I need to take extra care to manage my behavior and to put resources in place. One of which is, by the way, in, uh, in the love languages, they talk about a love tank where if your partner's love language is touch, you're, you can choose to always be filling that love tank by giving them more and more touch. And if your tank is quality time, well, then they're more encouraged to wanna to fill your tank as well. But we get to do this for ourselves. There are self-soothing and self-loving behaviors. If you fill your day with behaviors that are aligned with your purpose, that you love to do for themselves, for me, it's reading, and other habits that allow you to uh, feel good in your life about what you're up to, to where you don't need to seek compulsively uh, hits of dopamine through outside stimulation, then uh, porn won't really be a problem. Of course, one of these habits of self-love is going to bed on time. Between nine and 10 p.m. is when our nervous system, most of us, depending on your chronotype, which is something that you can look up and take a test to figure out, um, depending on your, your nervous system, generally people, get the best rest if they're asleep by 10 o'clock and waking up before 7 a.m. This is just looking at neuroscience and, and I can speak a lot from personal experience. So like if you're staying up late, if you're drinking, if you're doing alcohol or drugs, 
of any kind, you are literally setting yourself up for failure and self-sabotage. If, if you are hanging out with people who use pornography, you are setting yourself up for self-sabotage. If you're, set, if you're hanging out with people who casually like say, oh, porn's just a thing, it's, it's not a problem. And maybe it's for them, but it is a problem for you. So hanging around with somebody who can, who has it in, in, in their life can be a trigger cognitively into rethinking like, oh, maybe I can use it. And then you creep back into, oh shit, now I'm compulsively using six times a day or something. So notice the conditions in your life and uh, which ones are productive of you being a user and which ones are not. Set up, set the game so that you can win, create a game that you can win, get, enlist the help of your technology through habit share and freedom.to. Notice when you're on blast, when you're bored, lonely, anxious, stressed, and tired, and manage that. Manage yourself with extra care. Fill up your own love tank by doing things that you absolutely love so that you're distracted by stuff that's, that's actually enhancing and uplifting you and, and empowering you in your life. And then finally, there's a little practice called urge surfing. Urge surfing is noticing when you have the urge to do something that you don't want to do. And we can build vigilance through neuroplasticity in our brains where we notice, hey, I'm having this desire to do this thing. Maybe I, uh, maybe I should take extra care in this moment because the desire is here. Because anything and everything might cue and trigger those neural pathways of craving for porn. And by the way, for a lot of men, the desire for craving for porn is, is very much confused with the desire for craving for touch or intimacy or sex or partnership. So having a coach, working with a coach to release all of those things, to manage that subtlety and, and unlock all that intricacy so that you're fully able, like I did with a, uh, a client a couple days ago, you're fully able to express without shame from your sexual desires and your desire for connection, uh, short-circuiting into porn because you feel like you can't get it out here in the world. Mm -hmm. And that's something that happens to men. That's part of what originates their use of porn is they're just like, oh my God, I, I well, I get, I, women treat me like shit and reject me and I believe I'm not beautiful because they told me so out here in the world. So uh, I, I need to use porn because otherwise I'm not going to get my quote unquote needs met, mm. right? When, it, when really we don't have sexual needs as much as a, a need for the flow of sexual energy, which is the energy of purpose and abundance through us as gifts out into the world primarily, and then into our partners and intimate relationships, right? So anyway, getting back to urge surfing, what I would do is either I would, uh, and you can choose something that's a lot of fun for you. For me, it was playing the song Breeze by Electronomia. I had it as a link on my Google Chrome and anytime I got the urge in those first like three or four days when I was working with my coach, anytime I got the urge, I would get up immediately, go to my computer, hit the button to play the song and dance in my kitchen. And so I was creating a new neural pathway. Yes. Whereas there was a, an autopilot response yeah. of like, oh, let's go look at some soft pour pictures. Yeah. Um, now, instead, uh, I'm dancing in the kitchen and, and boy, I, I don't really want to use porn anymore. Yeah. Urge surfing can also look like this. 
It can look like you just noticing that you have the desire and being with it, not reacting to it, not responding to it, noticing it like a bug bite or an itch on your skin and choosing not to scratch it. Super simple. We're able to do it with small things. We're able to do it with huge things like this. So that's it pretty much. That's how I, I, uh, you know, conquered porn addiction. It took a lot. It took uh, accountability. Mm. It took uh, hiring a coach, really. Um, a digital habits coach, finally, was the one to tie it all together in a beautiful bow. Um, and it took a lot of deep, energetic work healing traumas from the pool of poison and pain called the past that people all carry around um, mm. relating to sex and intimacy and and. Uh, my ability to be a user or a non-user of porn because limiting beliefs also impact all of this because you could do everything I just told you but still have limiting beliefs and self-sabotage patterns which is why I recommend a coach and of course I'm a coach I help people with this so if you're interested uh, Aurora will share information about me in the uh, show notes but uh, yeah was was that what you were looking for my friend hopefully that wasn't this was beyond good and, and informative. Like I feel I learned so much personally and you can really apply your tools that you provided us um, on every addiction to help yeah, create new habits and get out of that vicious cycle. And sexual energy is just the most strongest feelings and energy that roams inside of us and to suppress it of course is going to create uh, illness or or weirdness in your head and we just have to all learn to channel it into like you said purpose and and something productive for society and for the people around us and then for ourselves and uh, yeah no this was so awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time and for sharing all your secrets with us. Um, I'm sure it will help a lot of people out there who are, um, yeah, struggling at the moment. Thank you so much, Luis. You're so welcome. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope we, yeah, brought you value and make you feel less alone with it it is possible to get out of that vicious cycle and to enjoy intimate relationships again on a deeper level thank you so much and please don't forget to write me a review or rate my podcast on apple podcast when you scroll all the way down you will see you can leave me a couple stars here thank you so much